last year we did 9.2 million. Um, one of the, our best years. At- I, I see that uh, on your Instagram page that you have done 9,000 roofs. So, you know, I, I'm completely transparent, even with our flaws. So that way, um, you know, I think people respect that. You know, when you say, hey, listen, we got a bajillion reviews that are great. You know, here's our three flaws or, you know, what happened over the years, um, you know, and that way well, it's all out there and you're being completely transparent. In sales and marketing for his family business, that's Andrew Itnauer of Masters Roofing Memphis. And today we're going to talk about roofs, but it's not just about sales. It's about people and relationships and warranty of work. Here's a couple more bites before we get going with today's pod. Let's roll. <laughs> being a micromanager is a good thing because it's chaos. You know, from start to finish, you know, taking off a roof and putting it back on, it's major construction. So you have to control those different aspects because there's going to be things that pop up. So you got to be able to manage those people and know how to talk to them the right way. Because if you don't, they'll go work for someone else. One thing that I can control is how much I work. You got to be a practitioner right now. You have to adapt. Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with a man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kenoki. That's me. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, it's an it's an honor. Yeah, thanks thanks for being here, Andrew. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. And uh, how long how long have you been in business? So we've been in business since uh, 2008. And my my father and my uncle actually started the company. Um, and and I kind of do my role as far as uh, promoting uh, the company as well as. Uh, you know, helping out with productions and sales. Um, so that's, that's kind of my role. Um, last year we did 9.2 million. Um, one of the, our best years. Um, and we consistently do around say 8 million a year. I, I think we'll hit that this year, even with everything going on. Uh, but it's definitely a uh, honor to be able to be in business for long. And I think that starts with a, um, a sound, um, running a sound business from, from the start, you know, making sure it's in your, and you understand pricing and, and making sure that you're valuing yourself correctly, because that's where I see most people get in trouble. Absolutely. Um, I, I see that uh, on your Instagram page that you have done 9,000 roofs in that time. And I was standing on a roof yes. the other day. I, I was standing on a roof the other day with one of my roofing subcontractors and I said, hey, this guy I'm interviewing has done 9,000 rooms in the last, you know, 13 years or so. And, uh, and he just <laughs> said, he just kept, he said, 9,000, 9,000, 9,000, 9,000. And he just kept saying it over and over. <laughs> so, so, um, cause we do a lot of rooms too, but you know, so that's incredible. What's, what's your secret? How do you, yeah. how are you guys able to, to crank out? Cause that's, that is serious volume. Well, I, that's a scale that, yes. you know, most small contracting companies never imagine. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it starts with having the right people on staff. Um, you know, we have uh, nine sales guys on staff and, um, you know, they all been with us since the beginning of the company. For the most part, we hired on, I think, three uh, sales guys since the beginning of the company. So the core group that we started with is still here until, until this day. And um, they actually watched me grow up. A lot of them sold roofs alongside of my father. Um, you know, so like Bill Bolin, he's one of our, our sales guys. He's known me since I was 12 years old. Um, I'm 27 now. So it's, it's a really close-knit group. Um, my father takes great care of everyone from the crews all the way to the sales guys. And he's in, in the office each and every day. Uh, still working. Um, he just had open heart surgery. So, you know, he kind of reevaluating things and, and kind of realizing that family needs to be a focus over the next couple of years, you know, because that's one thing I think he regretted going into that. Um, but it, I think it starts with a, having a great sales team and then having people that are constantly, um, you know, promoting the, the business in a, in a good way, having project managers, making sure productions is tight and making sure that that there's a clear message from what we want, um, what we strive for each and every day to our crews. So that way they're maintaining that on, on the job sites, make sure that we're micromanaging throughout the process. So I think that's uh, where it starts. And then uh, marketing, uh, putting it back into the company and not spending it on yourself. That's one thing I see a lot of people do in our industry when they're starting out, it's the first time that they ever have money in their life and they want to go buy a boat and they want to do these different things. But the first three to five years is essential for building a company and building yourself as a boat. Um, you know, you want to build yourself up so that way you don't sink. Um, so, you know, making sure that, that uh, you know, if you go through hard times like this year, it's it's been challenging, you know, from, you know, inflation, a bunch of different things that are going on. Uh, and it's it's causing us to adjust for the first time. And a lot of people are having a hard time adjusting to that. Uh, so, you know, the main thing is always make sure that you're getting the value that you deserve um, and make sure that you're relaying that value to the homeowner and, and to the experience. And I think the best way to do that is when you knock, um, knock a roof out of the park for a homeowner, you want to sit there and, you know, have them do a video testimonial for you and talk about their experience or you know, I had a guy uh, just yesterday I had lunch with that I did his roof two years ago, you know, uh -huh. and we're still friends till this day. And he said to me yesterday, he said, I probably gave your since the beginning of the year, I probably gave your card to about 25 different people. Um, you know, so I, I think it's caring about the individuals that you're doing work for. And I, I know on the building side of things, it's a, it's a little bit more you get them into the house and then you're out of their life, you know. But I think the more you maintain that relationship uh, the better, um, you know, well, five, six years down the road, um, you know, with referrals and, and different aspects of, of getting new business. Definitely. Those referrals are very important. Having a good, um, variety of reviews, whether it's on the BBB or Google or, um, you know, guild quality, that's another one. Yeah. Uh, but you want to you want to be completely transparent with everything that's going on. And even when I'm in the house for the homeowner, I let them know, hey, listen, we got six complaints. Three of them revolved around, you know, um, issues with that we had on the construction side. Uh, the rest are just people that we signed up on contingency and we got them a new roof and we never ended up building. them. So, you know, I, I'm completely transparent, even with our flaws. So that way, um, you know, I think people respect that. You know, when you say, hey, listen, we got... 
a bajillion reviews that are great, you know, here's our three flaws or, you know, what happened over the years, um, you know, and, and that way well, it's all out there and you're being completely transparent. Yeah. And, pe and people are doing the best work they can, but mistakes inevitably happen, you know? Oh yeah. So, so as long as you're willing to cover that industry warranty and even, you know, if something goes, is beyond a year and you look at it and you go, Oh yeah, we, we did that wrong. Sorry. Yeah. We'll, and take care we'll, of people. We'll, yeah. We'll take care of it. So yeah. um, going back to uh, 9,000 roofs for a second. So how many people do you have working for you? Cause that, I mean, you you guys are cranking them out. Yes. How we many? have three crews uh, with 12 to 15 guys on each crew. Um, we have two project managers, uh, nine sales guys, my father, my uncle was involved. Um, so we, we probably got um, probably about 40 to 50 people at the most um, working for us, you know, as far as repair teams and everything else, which I think having people on staff is the most important thing. And I, I still, you know, me and my dad go back and forth all the time about adding people on, you know, help getting help because yeah. um, you can't do it all yourself. And so many people, uh, act like like that's that's the case you know like it's they 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 have have to have complete control and you can only get so far with that yeah that's absolutely true and i'm actually one of the podcasts that i'm going to recording today is called wearing too many hats and yes. it's going to air next it's going to air next week right for the show so um so that's a lot of people that's a lot of personalities um mm -hmm. when you guys started out it wasn't like that. Did you, I mean, you didn't no. start up, you, you, you built that up. So, but in, in, yes. the, you know, there's, there's the, all the growing pains, the first few years of running a business, you mm -hmm. know, when, did, when, when did that expansion into that size crew really start to happen? Um, well, really right off the bat, when we first came to Memphis, it was hit with a major hailstorm that came through. And um, my, my father, um, you know, he, he's been in the insurance restoration business he started in Ohio, went to Georgia and, and Florida when the hurricanes hit in the early 2000s. And, um, you know, so insurance is is something that he's an expert in. Well, when we we came to Memphis initially, no one did insurance. No one had a clue how it worked. People were scared of it. It was mostly a retail, um, you know, kind of scenario kind of coming into Memphis. And we kicked off right off the bat. And uh, we actually brought our crews from uh, Georgia actually came with my father and um so we had our three crews right off the bat and we started putting on roofs um i think uh a year or so back i kind of did the math and it was like 2.8 roofs a day so two three roofs a day initially uh we did since the beginning of our company if we worked every single day um you know which is crazy to fathom but um you know it's it's yeah. definitely a process to kind of keep track of and my first job uh, that my father put me in was, um, and boy, was he tough on me, you know, and, uh, what was the first position? Most. You, you, you and I think every sale, you kind of broke up there for a second. Yes. What was the, what was the position he put you in? Uh, project manager. Okay. So I was over all right the crews and I was oh, yeah. right away and he was extremely tough on me and, um, extremely tough for meaning that I was up at four 30 in the morning, checking the weather, had to be at the job site by five 30. I had to make all my rounds and get everyone their materials that they need that was missing or whatever they needed by, you know, nine, 10 o'clock. And he was just a hammer. Um, anything I did wrong, if a rose bush got messed up, he was on me. And um, 
that was essential into building me into a, a quality sales guy into who I am today because um, I learned really, really quick. And I think every sales guy or any, anyone that's in the industry should start from the bottom and work their way up. Uh, so that's actually what we do if we bring anyone on. And he's actually bringing someone on to help out with uh, his, his job with production. And uh, he's going to train them for three months. So three months of training him consistently working with my father. And, and that's what you have to do. And it comes from micromanaging. We're big on control, tr controlling every aspect of it because it's major, major construction at the end of the day. And <laughs> being a micromanager is a good thing because it's chaos, you know, from start to finish, you know, taking off a roof and putting it back on, it's major construction. So you have to control those different aspects because there's going to be things that pop up that, um, that are going to be curveballs and you have to be able to adjust to it. Yeah. Uh, Good management is super important, but at the same time, you also have to trust. You have to trust yes. your guys on the ground to make command decisions when you're not around. They need to make. They need oh to yeah. Keep, they need to keep 13 guys rolling. They need yeah, to keep stuff not, going, and, and you know that's. I'm, I'm not the guy out there. You know, I, I have two jobs going on today, uh, out out in Oakland, and I'm not. You know, I will never go out and tell those guys what to do. If I hear yeah. something like if I hear the nail gun pressure. Uh, if it's just popping off and I hear those nail, like the pressure too high on the gun, I'll say something, but I stay out of the way because um, Pedro, who's a, the leader of those crews over there, he's, um, you know, he's been doing it for 30 years. You know, I, I, gotcha. that's almost three times the amount of times I've been doing it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and tell him how to do it, but I am going to sit there and, and make sure that he's doing it right as well. No, that's that's essential to making sure that it lasts for uh, its lifespan like it's supposed to. But um, I'm not going to sit there and be in their business all the time because that's the quickest way to get a, roof, a roofing crew to quit. You know, is trying to tell them what to do and you not knowing the actual process. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it, uh, encouraging people to do things the right way is much better than uh, some of the other methodologies we use. Yes. And, and, yes. and, 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 and guys will just leave. Like if you're, and it's you know, hard, to, you know, yeah. especially when you get, when you're working with someone for, you know, since, since 2008, these guys been with us, you get, uh, you get really close like family. And then on top of it, you get egos yeah. involved, you know, you get no uh, people that are very proud of their work and they know how hard they work and what they're worth. So you got to be able to manage those people and know how to talk to them the right way, because if you don't, they'll go work for someone else. Uh, a number of other tasks. I was looking at your website, you know, mm -hmm. you do some, some siding and gutters and stuff. Are these, are those done by your crew too? Or is that all subbed out? Do you, do you um, kind we, of, we have you, uh, guys that we work with um, like Doug, um, he does our gutter systems. So they're, they're subbed out. Um, so you guys are general, are you guys are general contractors and yes. you sub some stuff out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the thing we're big on. Uh, we want to bring a quality product. So like all the time I'm out in the field, I'm constantly, if I go through a neighborhood and I see someone doing a good job on a paint job or uh uh, some aspect of it. I'm keeping my eye on it and I'm going over and I'm asking for a business card because you never know when those guys might need work, uh, especially like right now, you know, a lot of people are struggling. Uh, so trade contacts and making sure that you're getting with good people. So that way, um, if you need a crew, you know, you can say, Hey, listen, I, I love seeing, even if they don't need you right now, 
because they're busy doing their own thing. Um, right now, uh, that's actually what's going on with one of our, our painters. Uh, he came on because he in trouble staying busy right now. So, you know, it's, okay. it's, it's a good thing to be able to network and being humble enough to go over and, and ask for a business card and say, Hey, I love your work. Yeah. And, and I, uh, I agree with that. And, uh, a couple things about subs here is that, um, and it's something that I'm bringing up in my next podcast is you want subs that have the same values as you and, and, that you can also send your client's house without you having to be there to mm-hmm. negotiate, you know, to like talk for them because yeah. sometimes that happens. And uh, it, so it takes a long time to, to, to establish those relationships uh, with, yes. with a sub, but it's also nice to have a, a, these good relationships because you're the scope of your projects can expand really quickly, or you're at the house looking at the roof and say, is there anything else? And they say, oh, we're thinking about painting the house next year. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. how about a line item for that for this year? And we'll just get it all done. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you get a, you make a little more money and your client is just buttoned up mm-hmm. and they're, they're just so happy because their house has a complete facelift. Yep. And um, another thing that we do that I think is a little bit different than most is like when, when we sub out, we still have a construction supervisor that, um, that is there throughout the project. Um, checking on the homeowner, even though they're doing their own thing, uh, we're still checking to make sure everything's being done right, making sure the homeowner is taken care of, so they still get that one-on-one experience. Um, that's that's something I think is very important uh, because you know subs are great, but it, just like every project, you know it can go sideways if 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 you're not on top of it. So you know um, having someone there, even if we're doing a gutter job, it's not like we're we're ghosting it, you know, we're, we're still there and we're still interacting with the, the, um, homeowner and going through the process with them. Great. And, you know, one of my, one of my questions that's kind of been answered in some ways is, uh, why are your customers choosing you over someone else in, in Memphis? You know, I, I, I mean, I can, from what you've said already, I can clearly see it, but like, what's your perspective on that? My, my perspective is in, in the, there are certain aspects. We have a design center that we, we I'm actually at it right now. Um, we have a building that where homeowners can come and we actually have a roof built inside of our showroom. So you can actually walk up and you can touch the materials. Um, I fly up my drone and, and take pictures of the house so we can put it up on the big screen. And then we have not hundreds of shingles, but a lot of shingles for them to choose from in our design center. Uh, and we have a custom metal on display there. We, we display every aspect of our process from start to finish. And when I'm in there with them, I'm educating them on the process, um, from start to finish as well. But I think it starts, um, as far as someone choosing you, I think it really starts with them being comfortable, you know, and and them being, feeling like you're the guy to do the project. And when I'm out in the house, uh, from start to finish, I kind of set up everything differently. Than, than my competitors, you know, um, I do a drone inspection immediately. If I if I need to do a roof inspection because of wind or hail damage, I'll send it to our um, our inspector and he gets that and goes over there and knocks it out. But either way, I'm already out there before my inspector's there. I, d- I don't leave it for four or five days to get to get back to them. Um, I'm always I, I immediately go out and and talk to them and, and get the process rolling. 
So I think just being on top of it, you know, uh, so many people, um, and it's, it's hard because our industry, it's, it's really easy to be a good sales guy, especially with insurance work. Um, you know, you can be, you can be a stud sales guy and not know what you're doing, you know, but, uh, if you educate yourself on the process and you're completely transparent and you're, you get your points across the whole experience is why I think they choose us at the end of the day. But I think it's starting off on the right foot and just continuing that throughout the process. Things I look at social media like a like a Rolodex or or like a um, portfolio. You know, I want people to be able to go there and see who I am as a person. There's certain aspects that are kind of a showman side of this, things uh, to catch people's attention, but I'm just trying to get them to my page so they can see the work that we do and the custom metal work and and the level of of roofs that we do on a day to day basis. So. Um, you can go on my profile and see, you know, and that way it, it's a portfolio for them to check out. You've done an awesome job there of, of showing people who you are. Um, Thanks. And, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, when we do roof inspections here, we get up on the roof. We, we have, um, we do a lot of hot roof conversions here. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our houses were framed, stick framed in the seventies and 80s, uh, a lot of them are a pipeline era. Prop a lot of them are not properly ventilated. So, mm -hmm. so we do a lot of, we find a lot of plywood rot and, mm -hmm. and on some of these roofs, we'll tear off all the plywood, fur it up with two by fours and log screws, add some insulation for a vapor barrier, put the bats back down or put in new insulation. And then we've got two inches of clearance and, it's a, and then it's a cold roof. Yeah, but that, anyway, we a, always we always walk our we always walk our roofs to feel those soft spots. So because I mm. when I give someone a quote for a roof, I never want to ask for more. I, want, I never want to say we found a problem unless mm -hmm. it's something there's no possible way we could have seen. But I yeah. never want to be like, hey, uh, it's going to be a little bit more. I just like getting it done, getting paid. And they're super happy because everybody's oh, always yeah. afraid that your contractor is going to hit you with surprise numbers. And uh, it's it's uh, obvious to tell, like obvious if, if you get on a two to three layer roof and it's uh, the top layers, you know, 24, 25 years old, it's going to have uh, rotten wood issues. You know, I had a lady yesterday, uh, 92 years old, sweet woman, um, and she was so happy we were able to get the roof replaced through the insurance process, uh, paid her deductible. But I kind of told her ahead of time, I said, hey, listen, you know, uh, this is a three layer roof. The top layer is, you know, uh, 24 years old, there's going to be significant wood rot and it's going to be X amount of dollars. I don't know how much we're per sheet, you know, as far as wood replacement goes. So $85 a sheet, um, you know, I think $10 a foot is what we're charging right now as far as um, OSB and, and uh, you know, uh, one by eights and one by tens. And uh, I said, so we're probably going to have 20, 20, 30 sheets at the most. And uh, we, we ended up, I think it was 24 sheets we used. So, you know, I kind of prepared her for that on the front end. So that way, if that would, that would have been catastrophic if I just let that go unchecked. Oh, yeah. You know, it would, it, it would have been, it would have been, an, but she was so sweet. She was so happy to be getting a new roof. She didn't think, she didn't even think the insurance would cover it. So, you know, she, she was happy to pay her deductible, get a new roof. And then she's like, hey, yeah, the wood rot won't be a problem either. You know, I, you know, I don't know what it's going to be, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're, 
you're being upfront and honest with me. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I was willing to pay for a whole new roof out of pocket. So I'm, I'm feeling like I'm getting a deal here already. So it went smooth, you know, went over, picked up the check for the wood, for the deductible and, and uh, the first check and we're good to go. Um, so preparing people, just like you said, laying it out from start to finish. If you know those jobs that you're getting into, it's an older house or it was built in, you know, 1938 or something crazy like that, there's going to be things that you're going to have to address throughout the project. And if you don't address those, that can leave um, room for people to say, hey, listen, I don't have $4,000 for wood right now. You know, uh, what? where do you want me to pull that out of? Um, so uh, addressing it on the front end saves you the headaches and losing money on the back end. Absolutely. So here we are. What? Is okay. I, I, we started dropping numbers on plywood there. What's the what's going on with the economy and and roofing in in your territory? And what's a sheet of seven sixteenths OSB? What's a sheet of five eighths yeah. OSB running? I I think it's uh, running around sixty four dollars a sheet right now um, for, for five eighths. Uh, yeah, five eighths, and then I think it's like fifty three dollars a sheet for OSB. Um, it's just it's it's crazy you know i i don't understand it it doesn't make any sense but i know especially on the building side of things uh i don't know where how people are going to afford to build new houses it's it's a it's a lot of money to put out but either way we have to adjust to it when you hear warren buffett uh come out and say hey listen we're raising prices uh we have to our materials have gone up steel has gone up wood has gone up we have to raise our prices and we're comfortable with that. And uh, we hear people like Ray Dalio um, come out and say, hey, there's, there's going to be substantial inflation. You have to adjust your prices with it. So the one thing that we did is we changed our contracts um, because our contracts from last year, it was $10 a foot, $35 a sheet for, uh, or no, no uh, $4 a foot, $35 a sheet. Um, back then, yeah. you know, which is still cheap. Like we, we don't uh, bank on our wood replacement, you know, that's not a real focus of ours. Um, but uh, so we changed it to where it's a blank line. So as we've been working through this, we can change the price of wood as, 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 as we're writing our contracts, um, which even that presents some problems sometimes. Because oh, yeah. if I sign you up today, you know, f- uh, four weeks from now, what, what's the price of wood then? But it's, I mean, it's, we're make, making it through, but it is definitely rough. I just did a big steel roof and the, the price of steel went up 5% during the job. And, <sighs> and, and, you know, we're not allowed to lock in prices right now. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, even a year ago, you could lock in a price, mm-hmm. but now yeah. it's changing. It's changing like a stock price. Same thing mm-hmm. with, uh, I've got an order in Home Depot unrelated to that, uh, for a trim for a house I'm doing mm-hmm. and they won't let me, they won't let me pay for it until it gets here because it, wow. because they don't know how much it's going to cost. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, it's something that we never had to deal with and it, it really hurts, uh, roofing salesmen for sure. Because, you know, as far as I know, you know, you tried to get the deductible if you can, if you can waive it, that's, that's typically what we see. And uh, so now that you have wood, which used to never be a problem, if there was four sheets of wood, homeowner complains about it, you can just, hey, listen, we got you taken care of. How about a, a Google review or a video testimonial and, and we're good to go. But you can't do that anymore. You know, if uh, like, like yesterday, if I would have let that go and 
and that lady had 24 sheets of plywood that she wasn't prepared to play pay for it, it would have cost us you know a couple thousand dollars on a job and that's it could cause it to the point where you're losing money you know not not it'd be hard to lose money but it, it's it's you know it's still cuts into your profit which deals with problems if anything pops up in the future you damage gutters throughout the process so from what i'm hearing from a lot of um roofers is that they're like hey how do how are you dealing with this and i, I just say the best way to deal with it is prepare the homeowners you have to talk about it and uh you have to get that objection out there and if it if it uh costs you the job you know it it costs you the job but it's better to walk away from it and and be profitable than making $200 on a job that, you know, that you should have made, you know, $2,500 on, you know, um, as a sales guy. So, you know, I, I think that's the biggest uh, problem for our industry right now is that, you know, it's, it's changing so quick and it's hard to keep up. And the people that are just like, hey, you know, I'm going to go as low as possible. Those people are going to go out of business because there's only so many jobs before you run into one where you damage gutters you know, or uh, something happens, you damage a Japanese maple or uh, you have a deck fall and what, whatever the case is, you know, it's major construction, something can happen. So you have to have profitable jobs and, and you have to um, be able to set those expectations going in, into the process. Like this is their life savings and, mm -hmm. and they're giving it to you to, to make their house something that'll last for the rest of their lives. Oh yeah. And it's terrible because, um, like here in Memphis, we're dealing with uh, the insurance companies out of nowhere, just stop, stop covering roofs. You know, like uh, the majority of them are giving people a hard time and only paying for repairs or partial repairs. Okay. Um, but yeah, going back to it, it, it's tough going through the most uh, challenging time in American history for everyone. You know, people are losing their jobs. Um, you know, people are losing family members. And then on top of it, uh, you know, it's just getting harder. And to go into someone's house and ask them for twenty thousand uh, dollar to pay twenty thousand dollars for the roof outright or twenty four thousand, it it's tough. It's it's tough to go home at night and, and feel good about it. You feel good because you sold the job, but you're still understanding that people are going through it right now, and um, it, it's just unfortunate. But you got to adapt because if you don't. Even, you know, even I, I like what you're doing. You're working with people and, and trying to help them out. And I do the same thing, but you also got to make sure that your ends are covered. I, I talked to a contractor the other day. He did a full, um, full interior renovation for a couple and he priced it at $24,000 um, on what he was doing, which I thought was a little bit cheap anyways, but. Um, sounds, sounds, missed, cheap, sounds cheap without even seeing it. Yes. <laughs> and, and he missed, missed his budget by um, uh, $20,000, you know, because Yikes. of wood and everything else. And, and then he didn't have a contract, you know, so uh, that, that's the thing. All the flaws in our industry is being exposed right now. And uh, I think the thing that's saving us is that uh, we have a really good retail trainer that trains us from start to finish that looks at these numbers and adjusts them. Uh, you know, based on what wood's costing and, and different things that's going on. So, you know, um, you got to change with the times. And unfortunately, this is just one of those times where we haven't seen inflation since the 70s. And I, I hope that it, I, I don't know where it's going, but it's it's a scary time. You don't even know where to put your money at. You know, uh, uh, if it sits in the bank, do you, 
you know, is a hundred thousand dollars going to be worth what a hundred thousand dollars was worth, you, you know, worth not if you're worth in, not if you're investing in housing this year. It's definitely yes, it's, it's worth thirty percent less than it was last year if you if it's a hundred grand. Oh yeah, yeah. I think about that. I think about that every day. Um, it's crazy. So, so yeah. And, and I'm going to go back to some of the fundamentals of what you're saying there. You were talking about that, uh, guy without the contract, a, you got to have contracts. You Mm -hmm. have to have a contract. And when you realize the price changed, you have to tell your client right away. You have to say, Hey, this is what's going on. We need to talk about this because it's going to cost more. And these are the Mm -hmm. reasons why, and you have to, it can't be a surprise. Uh, I've seen this over and over. I made the mistakes when I was starting out. And then I also made the mistake of being too sympathetic to people's situations and coming down Mm -hmm. and, and, and and my profit. And for, you know, for years, just not really making what I should. And you want to help people, but you also have to, you also have to grow your business. You have to make money. Everybody just thinks that contractors are rolling in money and, you know, our margins can be pretty small on jobs. Oh know, yeah. Cause it, yeah. Cause it is competitive and uh, you do better on something you do on others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it's, and, and you have to show empathy to what people are going through, but also give them options uh, like service financing. That's a company that we use and um, it, it costs us a little bit because there's a, um, there's a uh, multiplier that's built in, but it gives people 60 months interest free, no finance or, or interest free financing uh, that takes a $24,000 job and it breaks it down into a couple hundred dollar payment, you know? And so giving people those options, especially for wood, uh, I, I've been doing that a lot right now. You know, hey, listen, if you have $4,000 worth of wood on your job and you need help with it, hey, yeah, so 66 bucks a month you know, would cover your wood. And that's one night out to eat, um, you know, and that helps people kind of go through that process. Um, so giving people options and, and uh, bringing that to the table, I think it's going to get you more jobs and then also save your butt in some scenarios. Yeah, definitely. We, I, 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 I don't have options like that for my clients. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're in a really different position, a really, well, okay. So where you are, do you feel like, there's a lot of work still though. I mean, it seems to me, almost everyone I've talked to um, setting up interviews for the show and just chatting with people because I'm trying to schedule people from all over the world. It -hmm. seems like there's a building boom going on in most places. Oh yeah. And so you're experiencing that same thing. I mean, certainly not in my lifetime, I experienced soaring prices and soaring demand simultaneously. It's, it's a paradox. Memphis has been hit really hard this year. Um, Hospitality is a huge industry here. We got a lot of good food and, um, you know, when we shut down and and when we went to, you know, you could only 15 to 20% people could, you know, be in in a restaurant at a time. um, People were hit really hard by that. So I don't know. There, there's some building going on, but people have their houses and I deal with a lot of real estate agents. I have a, a lot of connections with them and no one's wanting to sell their home right now. You know, people, I don't, I don't know why, um, but you know, it's just like that slowed up tremendously from last year and the year before. Um, so I, I, I think that you have to build, um, but then you got the prices of lumber and everything else inflate inflating everything. So I, you know, 
I don't know where we go from here. You know, do, do we have a crash um, like we had in the past or does it just keep going up? Because, you know, I don't, I don't understand why it keeps going up. You know, our, our home prices skyrocketing there too. Oh yeah. So my, my father's neighbors is selling his house last year. It was worth $450,000 around there. The uh, he listed for 650. My dad thought he was crazy and he's getting it. With closing costs, probably too. With close, yeah. Cash. <laughs> and I'm just like, how? You know, yeah. how does that make any sense? You know? Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, the average household hold income in America is not a hundred thousand dollars. It's not eighty thousand dollars. So, so how how are people going to be able to buy buy a new house? Or so that's why I'm thinking that it has to correct itself at some point because no one can pay these prices. Um, but also you put for the first time, we put 20% of the American dollar with printed since 2020, you know, does that, I, we're just dealing with stuff that we never dealt with before, you mm -hmm. know, and, and that's, that's the question mark about, do you put your money in the stock market? So it grows with inflation or do you put it in the stock market and then it crashes and then you lose all your money, you know? So it's, 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 definitely challenging times. I'm still trying to put it all together because I'm not a, I'm not an expert when it comes to the economy. You know, I'm an expert when it comes to roofing, when it comes to social media marketing, but when it comes to the economy, this is a curveball just like everyone else. Um, but I'm working as one thing that I can control is how much I work and how much I, I um, go out and put myself out there each and every day. So no matter what the economy is going through, no matter what people are going through, they might not want to buy a new roof but I can go out there and work as hard as I can to generate business. And someone's going to say yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm focusing on right now is I can control my work ethic. And if I have to put in 70 hours a week to make what I made last year, I'm going to do it because I, I know that whatever's coming ahead, I need to have as much money as possible. And that's a, that's another fundamental in running a business that is super important. And it seems really simple just to put your head down and keep working but when you keep focused on your work and really you focus on the aspects of it that are really important to you, all then work just comes your way. Yes. Because people really yeah. appreciate your earnestness. So, yes. And uh, back to the economy here, appraisals for houses are you know, people are, people are making offers that are 20, 30, and 40% above appraisal. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, recently, um, cause we have, a, we are, I, I would, I'm guessing that in my town, there are as many houses going up as went up last year. We, we were in a boom during COVID. Well, I mean, it was, it was oddly busy and the, I would say it's on par with the year before too. Recently, a new spec house in a normal market sold for let's let's just say 300 was sold at 450. And when the lender went out to appraise it, they matched it, they matched the so that is to me, I, I can't understand what the banks like. Is this just another bubble? I don't know, yeah, but yeah, that I mean, is who can who can afford that for a house that I. To me, the house is upside down. A house is upside down already if 
it, I think it's overvalued. Oh yeah. 100%. And, and that's what, um, you know, we, me and my brother, we, he's in the roofing industry too. And we were, we were talking about the values of houses and, and the one thing that I can't get wrap my head around is the amount of money that we just put into circulation. And what does that do? Does that crash everything or does that just allow it to keep going up and up and up? And then, then the, you know, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. So, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's a, we just have to wait and see what happens, but I hope, I mean, I think, which either way, it's not a good scenario, but I hope things crash because it has to correct itself for normal people. The blue collar people that have these jobs, they have to be able to live somewhere and they have to be able they can't just rent their whole entire life. No one, that's not the American dream. You know, the American dream is to be able to buy a house and be able to live your life the way that you want to comfortably. And I, I don't think that's going to be obtainable if the house that, you know, if you're making $70,000 a year and you, you have to buy a house for four fifty, you know, that's a three bedroom normal, just like you said, that, that should have been 300 to three, 320. It's going for four fifty now. Um, it's just hard to see that, that continuing and getting worse. Um, because that's the thing, people are going to drive these prices up, you know, immediately when my neighbor's house or my dad's neighbor's house sold, my dad was like, Hey, I need to put my house up for sale, you know, and just go buy another house and renovate it like he's done. And because my dad's not house was nicer than his neighbors and he completely renovated it and made it towards his specs. Um, so, so, you know, he knows how he could get more money than that, but it's just still, outrageous and outlandish to think that these prices are being thrown thrown around and that people are accepting them and people have you know there there's a a lot of people that can't afford it but there's a lot of people that can't afford it too you know mm -hmm. and that's those are the people i worry about you know i worry about the people making you know 30 to fifty thousand dollars a year what happens to them five years from now and i don't have the answer and that's that's why i told uh i told my wife i just said uh you know i i have to get back you know, the, the funny thing is in 2018, 2019, 2020, I had a lot of outside motivators of people, you know, kind of doubting my abilities. And, and I used those to kind of uh, fuel me to do, do really well and kind of uh, build my profile into what it is today um, and, and to do really well over those years. But this year, it's just about uh, making sure that we're we're ready for whatever's to come because that's, that's one thing I, I always try to look forward and, and be able to, so I can adapt. So I, I just told her, I said, you're going to have to deal with how much I'm working, you know, because I'm worst case scenario, I work really hard and we get a lot of money and I'm preparing for something, you know, to make sure that we're all right in the future. But if nothing happens, if it stays the way it is um, and prices adjust and things correct, then we'll be in a really good position you know, uh, for, for whatever we want to do in the future. But, you know, uh, so that's, that's how I'm dealing with it personally is just working as hard as I can. I'll put a final statement out there is just make sure that you're protecting yourself as a contractor, you know, because the worst thing you want to do is uh, say that a project costs this much and then it be double, you know, because that's going to put you at risk. It's going to hurt your business. Okay. The next generation of roofers are coming up behind you guys. They're struggling. They're insecure. They're stressed. They're working insane hours. Uh, what what's the what's the piece of advice you have for the roofer startups right now? I mean, I, what you just said is awesome, 
but what what would you tell a young a young guy or gal who's like they're wearing don't, all don't, the hats they're go for yes it. um uh make make sure that you're you're getting what you're worth which i just kind of talked about and then also uh i i i i have a lot of love for my father for the way that he is and the way he practices business you got to be a practitioner right now you have to adapt and the thing that I love about my father is he gets a paycheck every week. He doesn't look at how much the company's worth or, or how much money the, he ultimately has. He's worried about the next job and what's coming in. And that's the way that you have to do it. You have to do a great job on this project. Once that, that's in the book, you have to move right on to the next one and keep your focus on that. Don't, don't focus on the outside things. The, the people that are 40 and under, we have a huge problem up and in maintaining an image and if you get rid of that um and you just focus on running a proper business and charging you and you'll ultimately um be set up pretty well in the future unfortunately our conversation was cut off early but you can find andrew at masters roofing memphis on instagram and myself at the contracting handbook on instagram if you found value in the content of the show or experience some sense of affirmation for what you're doing, please consider leaving a review. It really helps get the word out about the pod and gets it to more people just like you. If you know someone in the industry that could use some information like this, shoot them the pod you just listened to in a text. After all, this free content comes at you advertisement free. All right, that's all I got. Later.